Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Town TV. This is Brian here with Kathleen, Jimmy, Kyle, Luke, and dare I say, our rooks, Paul and producer Dave. And today, we're taking it all the way back to the beginning with a special edition pilot episode coverage of a show that's very near and dear to our hearts here at Town TV. And there's really nothing else to say other than we're back, bitches. Oh, we're, we're back, back bitches. <laughs> we knew it was coming. Yeah, we've got all seven people here. All seven bench. It's, it's a podcast. Bear, first. bear with us, people. This might be a clusterfuck, but we're, yeah. we're testing it out. Right a now. fun clusterfuck. We're going to do our best because we've only had five as <clears throat> the most so far. And that was kind of sketchy. So we'll see. Let me just tell you this pilot holds the fuck up. Yeah, it does. It I really does. Wait, man. I can't wait to get my thoughts in here. I think. I'm the only one that has these thoughts. And of David, them not being how great. far did you get in the hundred? I think episode three. So I've seen two <laughs> past this one. So wait, you've only watched three episodes? Yeah. Jesus. Our threshold is three is supposed to make you keep watching. So I'm a little pissed at you. So five of us are full on. And Paul, what's your deal? I got to the season premiere of season five. Okay. So, did you see the end of didn't you see the end of book one? Yeah. No. Okay, so you did not so you, see Prime Fire was the last thing you Prime saw. Prime Fire was the last thing you saw, and, and that didn't make and you want to stop. Keep you didn't keep watching. Yeah. That's a mistake. Dude, what I, that, that's like I'm one of the best kidding. episodes. That is when I discovered magicians. I'm pretty sure it was that timeline when I was at Paul. You can have them both. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't like know. The, I, I couldn't catch up, and then I just that got all, drowned. By we're binge town TV, Paul. You binge. That arguably is my favorite episode of the series. It also doesn't help that we've already covered season seven. So me and Paul were there early on for the first episode so it's like we got a lot of spoilers so like Yo, that kind no, of like that probably killed a little i'm a, i'm speaking for paul here i don't know what his deal is obviously no but. i'm just a stubborn bitch <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting to hear the five of us we've already been talking about it for so many months now and then to have the two of you who haven't gotten that far at all to see what you think about it so let's do it my lasting thoughts after seeing this this pilot episode and it totally still holds up kathleen like you said it just made me miss how bad bellamy was in season seven even more because right from the get-go bellamy is just a shot caller ordering people around he's kind of a dick in this episode but he's still got that bellamy charm you know it was fucking amazing to rewatch the pilot today i had a blast Mm -hmm. i was grinning from ear to ear the entire length of the episode and the music in the pilot episode was absolutely bananas it was so good I'm so glad that I can't wait this. to get my two cents in here. All of you guys are so high on this episode. And I'm sure like, obviously there's seven seasons of it. You guys have a lot more information than me, but it was whatever. Like it was get like, the fuck it, out of it, here. Get, it draws you in for a first episode, but acting like the, okay. the dialogue exactly. all trash. Exactly. Like definitely, definitely. Okay. We're going to get to that. Because the second half of the episode carries it. And it's like not even that much of a carry. You could tell me that there were five shows, different separate shows, different creators, different actors, and they all had the same premise of the opening of the hundred where the entire human population is is circling the earth because of radiation and they need to send humans down to earth to find out what's good. I would watch all five of those shows because that premise alone is yep. good enough for me to say, hell yeah, the show I'm has not a chance. Deni- I am not you denying that at all. all. The premise is great. Let's get into it. I'll take us Just in. Right? Dialogue killed it Here's for what me. I mean. We open at the close. Everyone knows the f- series finale ends with Clark, a flash of Clark, trolling on a prison cell. And that's where we open. Clark is on earth, drawing the ground. Wow what's this world she lives in <laughs> exposition here we go it's been 97 years since a nuclear apocalypse apocalypse no 
I wrote this so bad. Killed everyone on Earth, leaving the planet simmering in radiation. Fortunately, there were survivors. Am I drunk? Twelve nations had operational space stations at the time of the bombs. Now, there's only the Ark. One station forged from the many. The Earth needs another hundred years until the Earth is habitable again. Whatever it is. What a dope intro, right? It is immediately what happens is you're introduced to Clark. So cute. So young. I will say it was so nice to visit these characters in the first episode. And again, CW, brand new actors, fresh faces. They're not the best. And but to watch them through seven seasons and improve. Man, they are legit actors by the end. They really they're that's awesome. why you guys you guys got that leg up on me. That's what this first episode, the acting did not stand out to me. The, uh, it was in, good. It was great. But in general's pilots are kind of lower budget anyway, because they haven't exactly. really been picked up yet. So these actors are even more raw and fresh than they already were for their first big acting job. So, you know, give them a little slack there, Dave. I yeah, but it's say, the pilot. We're talking about the pilot episode. We're not talking about season seven they're seasoned vets acting their asses off this is the first episode like it just didn't do it for me i love a fresh crop give me a fresh crop any day if you want to say that you know in this scene like eliza taller is obviously you know not an amateur but it's kind of you know in the beginning of her career but obviously my girl Paige turco comes in settles it down a veteran presence yeah a young do you know that she is the second name listed on netflix as they advertise it it's right she time she probably is yeah, she was an accomplished actress before that. Yeah, Abby so sucks hot. from day one. We're doing a little <laughs> bit of a game here, by the way. We're all drinking on the pod, as you can probably hear from that intro I had. Um, every time someone is now dead, take a sip. Okay, yeah. if we're gonna do that, let's get this question out of the way for the people that have not seen the show yet. Being Paul and Dave, mm. I want you to guess take a shot. right now who survived the entire series front to back oh, and was cool. alive in the end. All right, we're gonna go Clark. Octavia. <laughs> We're guessing who we think is going to survive. Who do you think survives the series? Okay. I'm, I'm with Paul. And too. they've got a leg up because they've been in all the conversations when we were. Yeah, we got a dick up seven. on everybody. I don't think Bellamy does it. I don't think he makes it. I got to say, Murphy, Ma- Monty. Definitely does not. <laughs> Murphy definitely does, dude. That, Dave, you got to be on Based on that first like episode. I would have guessed that Murphy would have been one of the first people to yeah, die. Just because say. like same like the same mindset with uh Bellamy. It was like they're both just dickheads. Mm-hmm. Like who wants a fucking dickhead to live out the rest of your life with, you know. And spoiler alert for you, Dave, that Murphy's character growth is arguably it, the best thing the entire show does. Yep. Murphy's a cockroach, baby. He's gonna live no matter what. He sure is. Um, so what did we say? Clark, Murphy. You said Octavia. Octavia. Uh, we'll go Monty. Oh, everyone drank. <laughs> so that's enough. Honestly, Realistically, um, Monty and Jasper on screen, I'm like, honestly, a very happy ending for Monty, though. Monty He's not a somber best. death. No, yes. Monty, yeah, Monty's death is my end. <laughs> I agree, bro. I was, I'm there with you, man. And see, it could have ended when yeah. book one ended. I agree. You guys, what about Jasper? Well, okay, I know that. Thank God <laughs> he should have died a season earlier. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that was brutal. That just ruined them. Um, I kind of liked that storyline in the end because there would be people who just are sick of fighting to survive and and all the savage shit they're doing. It's like, I fully agree with Kathleen, actually. My rewatch. You hate to see a ruined character, but it's valid. Yeah, I agree. I I 
think what you were about to say is what my thoughts were when I was doing my rewatch as season seven was happening was I actually liked Jasper's storyline better the second time around than the originally, mm-hmm. but he's still bottom tier in terms of the main characters. Yeah, I agree with that. What about Finn? <laughs> I was I literally almost said Finn too. Well, let's ask Dave. He's watched three episodes. Dave, yeah, because I'm like the freshest mind here, but I thought I would have thought Finn would have made it right. personally. Yeah. Do you think Finn's hot? It's- yeah, I think so. I give him credit. I'll, I'll give him a, I'll slap well, a one on that. I'll slap a one. On I mean, that. you can watch episode one and be like, Wells is a main character. He's probably making 100%. it the whole yeah, way. Like, there is so Wells no context. I thought yeah. Wells was the main character of the show right away. Like, him and Clark. And then we have a bunch of, like, assholes on the side. But, like, I really thought it was Wells and Clark. Are you beginning. aware he dies in episode? I, I, I mean, or being probably? on... Because I was, he I was the producer for the first few episodes of season seven. I've never heard, I'd never heard Wells's name, so yeah. it's just fair enough for me to assume that he died. And let me jump in here and say to your point, Dave, he was supposed to be one of the top three main characters in the original books written by I think Cass Morgan, Cassie Morgan. Yeah, that's she right. has Clark. Uh, Wells and um, who's the third love? Bellamy. And Bellamy be the main love triangle of the entire show from front to back. And I, when the showrunners decided to kill Wells, who was supposed to be there till the end, that's a huge reason that I put it in the same tier as a Game of Thrones shock value where anyone's not safe. Those 100%. First, those first three episodes, I was definitely getting that love triangle vibe. I could mm-hmm. see that. But yeah, I just totally thought Wells was going to make it and... He serves his purpose. He was, my, for he, me. was, he was my favorite character in the first episode by far. I think that it's so good because you think Wells needs to make it, and he doesn't. That's yeah. why it's so good. And that's the kind of shit that I like. You know, that's the Game of Thrones yep. kind of shit that I, I want in a show is kill off those important characters. You and know? that's what The Hunter did so well through the first like five seasons. My thoughts exactly when I was watching the pilot, I was like, wow, I can't believe that Wells only lasted a few episodes. He gets like, Hardly any talk in the later seasons. They they stop talking about Finn. They stop talking about everybody. Finn is mentioned later in the yeah, series. Barely. Oh, yeah. when Raven forgets Finn. Like, I just feel like, like Wells should have been such a strong character to talk about later. Yeah. And you want to talk totally. about acting. I think him, in terms of the hundred who go down, he's probably the best actor in the first couple episodes. His actor, I think, has the best performance. Right. That must have been very hard to shoot because all the people on the ground are those very new raw actors. Everybody that was still in the arc were the like veteran actor presence, like Kane, Abby, um, Jaha. They're all still on the arc. So like these kids are down. Oh, boy, Jackson. I got that vibe too. I could tell too that the people on the arc were like yeah, maybe it was also because they were they're older in general, so like they have that experience. But yeah, I got that vibe too. So we have Clark in her prison cell, just laying the scene, lots of exposition, and then we see her say, "The ground, that's the dream, but this is reality." And as guards are rushing into her cell, like trying to take this, tell her to take her watch off, I think it was, mm-hmm. and slap a wristband on her. She's like, "This is reality, and reality sucks." So she's aboard this arc in a prison cell and the guards are coming in and she doesn't know what the hell's going on. We see her say something like, wait, it's not time yet. I'm not 18. And then we have Abby come into the scene and she's like, everything's okay. You're going to the ground. What do you guys think about Abby with this whole thing? Fuck Abby. Yep. Uh, No, but besides Kyle is in love with her. Yeah. But it's like, I also would like to fuck Abby. Luke, that's a great point. We all would. All seven of us would fuck Abby. Yes. It's like, Fuck you, Abby. Yeah. You're so calm, cool, collected. I mean, it's, it's your the daughter same bitch that sent her fucking husband to get floated. So, 
I mean, that was just like one of the big things that was popping in my head. Like as this whole scene's going down, I'm just like, she's note, yeah, they're, they're shooting her with a dart. And, you know, Abby's like, I, I know that Abby like thinks that it's either death or well, the ground. Yeah. But it's still like you're just so again, Kathleen said, right calm, there. cool, collected about Clark just getting ready. Let to me probably death die or the ground. How Let me give you a hot take right now, yeah. which well, is yeah. directly related to all these adults that are on the arc right now. We're not counting any of the hundred that gets sent to the ground. Hmm. I I hate all of the characters on the arc as a whole, except for four of them. We have Sinclair, Raven, Doctor Jackson, and Wick. Everyone else whoa. on the arc, fuck Kane. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Fuck them all. They are the worst character Good. as a whole. Meaning they've added more cons to the show than pros. Whoa! Tell, gonna, me, tell me I'm wrong. Who do you like on there? Because I'm sure there's advocates for Kane and Abby. But fu- is that it? No, Abby sucks. You guy, um, you guy says Kane fucks. Fuck Kane. That guy sucks. Right. You only. I'm know so happy you say Kane. that. Because I only know negative things about. I'm Kane. happy you say that because during the May we meet again episode, we said he's such a good antagonist. Love it's Kane. funny though because I didn't have a problem with Abby. Like she was just doing her you motherly diligence. No, and she called like, her ending. Yeah, character. we didn't get to see it. We're on pilot episode one. She was just being a mother. But my take is about the series. Is just yeah, there's a lot fine, of characters on the arc that suck. Yeah, I think Dave's right about Abby. He has the whole picture. He knows she's hot. <laughs> I'm she's just good. the fresh mind here. Luke, hit me with that list again. The list is obviously Ravens the shit. No, the the people that you don't like. Yeah, yeah. Everyone that's not everyone that's not these. <laughs> everyone that's not those people. I would argue for Kane only because when he becomes a good character, he's a great character. Definitely, I would argue that Abby sucks. And I was going through the Reddit, and someone literally had a whole post dedicated to saying, "I just rewatched the show, and it totally stands out." But Abby totally sucked on a rewatch. Yeah. She got so much worse when he watched the show again. From and the Kane, very start, Kane has so a annoying. sweet spot right in the middle after Pike gets introduced. He's great because he is actually the moral leadership there. And then he becomes yeah. terrible again once Blood Rain and them emerge from the bunker. What? Yeah, he's the reason that a lot of them die because he goes and tells uh, Dio's of the plan, which ends up getting a lot of the people we care about killed yeah but kane i think soon as he's off the arc and realizes his place once he knows that the like the the juvenile delinquents that have been on the ground are running shit he finds his place really quick i think he stays good and when he dies that's fucking Mm -hmm. upsetting to me and he had only the best intentions it wasn't octavia burning down the fucking oxygen whatever it was like it he was never doing anything that was totally harmful on purpose but then also his very last scene when it's not even the Kane actor that we know he caused abby gave up everything he gave up she gave up the the method to create nightblood to bring him back and he just fucking kills himself right away it's true but also abby should have never done that in the first place and she should just listen to raven abby and kane both suck Luke, I would say that there is no way you can blame Kane for that. If I just got put in someone else's body, I'd be like, whoa, this is unnatural. This is not what I signed up for. Also, it feels like a violation of my free will and my rights. Like, absolutely, it is. I mean, she should know, like, Kane's whole character, he would have never said he wanted to be part of that. And especially back to the beginning pilot, like, Kane is the antagonist, he is the villain right now. He's a good antagonist, too. He's so good. I want to clarify when I say I hate him, I don't, I like, I I obviously hate him because he's just a dick, but he's, yeah, he's a good villain Mm -hmm. that was introduced in the first episode. Do you guys remember watching uh, Endgame, not even Endgame, just Infinity War for the first time and thinking, damn, dude. Thanos makes a really good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think that. So. Yeah, right. I'm I'm sitting here 
and I'm looking at Kane, and I mean, I mean, we haven't even got to it yet, but I mean, he is the character who has to make the hard decisions for the majority, and I get that's the whole. I mean, Paul, you never got the there. Series. Paul, you never that's got the there, but we said the same thing about the disciples. I mean, honestly. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move forward. Yeah, move because forward. Because I totally agree, but we're, you we're and not even there yet. You yeah, and B-Toms yeah, yeah. are going to keep us on track. Yeah, so, okay, so we find out that basically every crime is punishable by death unless you're under 18, and that's all the delinquents. Clark is already fighting her way out of situations. As soon as they come into her prison cell, she is, like, throwing elbows, trying to escape until she realizes literally everyone is gone. So they call up the sky, ba- the, the sky box, and then we find out you're being sent to the ground, whatever it is. And my note is enter Abby. Kyle, there's your girl. Hey, we out here. Talk about Skybox, dude. It's an intense start. <laughs> Talk about box, dude. It's an intense start. And there's no opening sequence. Classic pilot, no opening sequence. I liked that. Yep. And I had I really didn't. I was like a little confused. So much like is going on right here. Abby's putting Clark to sleep, no context, basically. Right? Yeah, there's it's just no context. Chaotic first I think five it's minutes. So I, I really like it. It was good. And it's a smile it's, all the way around my face. And it's, it ties back to what we're saying. Like it goes into the 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 plot of the series you know of you know these hundred people going to earth and surviving so like it, this really draws you into that it also just really drives home the fact that what's happening is such a surprise and like they're not ready for it it's like such a like a, an a it's well it's a secretive plan so that's why everyone's like it's the whole skybox is up in an uproar like no one knows what the fuck's going on so it really does drive home that part of it like how afraid they are it's yeah. definitely a chaotic scene and so abby Abby just kind of like they hug and she's like, you're not dying. You're being sent to the ground. And then she says, I forgot how much they, they drove the narrative about her dad so much in this episode. He is such a referenced character, but she says your first instinct is going to be to protect everyone else like your father would do, but you know, take care of yourself. And then she gets tranquilized and then she wakes up on the dropship next to Wells. It's so good. I had the chills this entire episode. It's so well done. And then you find out one of the big, interesting, dramatic parts. These people don't know each other. Monty and Jasper know each other. Octavia and Bellamy know each other, which is a great reveal. Nobody has siblings. I had not thought about that the I entire time. I fucking love that. was funny. No one has a brother. <laughs> exactly. She's like, I haven't seen my brother. And, he, and they're like, no one has a brother. What are you talking about? I could have fucking been there. Great yeah. line. But yeah. some of the funnest drama is that there's tension between them. You don't know why. Wells got himself arrested. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's obviously not a prisoner. He got himself arrested for her. Can't believe Jaha let that happen, first of all. I guess you could say the same for Abby and Clark. But, I mean, yeah. wow. The drama there, it's like, you got my father arrested. Like It was like, uh, you didn't get him just arrested. You got him floating. And that's another, I'm, I'm seeing Dave grab the mic. That's another kind of the corny line, I would say. I think that which one corny yeah it was corny <laughs> when, when he's like well it's her response when her response to him when he's saying like i'm here for you whatever it is i can't remember but it's very i don't remember clark has a lot of corny lines this episode. all i'll say is like okay the episode is really good it's just probably the dialogue was just the biggest issue for me yeah. it was i'm so down bad. with that because no one here is going to defend the corniness yeah. so i think i was te- like when i watched mm-hmm. like i watched this episode like months ago probably when we were starting the podcast up even the first three episodes it was just the dialogue just could it was so bad just take into account the man who's speaking's mother watched the entire seven series in like a month yeah it wasn't even a month probably and she, she loved it and she even because netflix hadn't 
had season seven as it was coming out, she literally spent money to get the Blu-ray editions on her computer. Like we she love, has you, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, let me just say this. We all started, I started in season three. Luke started short after. I don't know about anybody else. No one started right in the beginning. So this was a binge in the beginning for all of us. And I, I watched it first and my exact recommendation was you got to get through four episodes. I said, I was so sold. You got to understand you're signing up for a CW show, yeah. a young cast CW show. And it's the story. And again, I'll say it. The dialogue gets better. The acting gets incredible. Like you got to stick with if, it. If you can make it to season two and you drop off, then sure. This show is not going to be for you, but I'm sure a lot of sci-fi fantasy shows are not for you. If you're falling off at that point, because yeah. Yeah. The the plot structure is phenomenal, and you care about the characters at that point, regardless of how corny their dialogue is. I trust the binge town homies, no matter what, when they tell me anything. But Kathleen specifically and Luke were the two that watched it first, if I'm remembering correctly. And Kathleen said, "You're gonna watch episode one. You might <laughs> think it's a little corny. Please just get through three. And I will tell you right now, I watched one through like seven in the first night because I watched the first one and I said. Yeah, it's a little corny, man. And then I just kept going because she told me to. Like I said, I trust her. Because you told me to. <laughs> and by three, boom. And it and, and really, you lose the corniness as the season goes on. And I forgot how, during my rewatch, Luke will agree, watching season one again, people put that season one as like a lower tier. I loved season one after it. rewatching it. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. It's not the full season that's like bad that we're saying you just got to get through it. About halfway through the season, it becomes prime the hundred. Mm -hmm. It's about halfway through season one and then into season two, it's just money. But moving on, we have Clark is pissed that Will's just even existing on this dropship. Like, get the hell out of my game. And Will says, oh, I got myself arrested for you. She's like, get out of here, dude. Wells' father, Thelonious Jaha, comes on the intercom TV. It's a pre-programmed speech like for all of these hundred delinquents, just saying when you get to the ground, you got to find Mount Weather. There's supplies there, but nobody's listening because they're all kids. So we do get some hecklers saying, oh, Wells, your dad's a dick. Also, I thought that was so funny. Absolutely savage message. It's like, quite frankly, the crimes you commit it makes you expendable. So we're yep. just going to test you out. It's like, fuck, they already hate him. He is not making himself. Honestly, watching Bellamy and the rest of the crew, obviously Bellamy has his own intentions. I don't blame them. Like, Not at all. And, and it mm -mm. Ex happens exactly what they say. The adults drop down and they're like, Fuck you guys. Like Bellamy and Finn arresting them was like a shot to my soul. As an audience member, that is one of the most frustrating parts of the entire series is when, you know, you see these kids go through all this shit, even to the point in season two when Clark escapes Mount Weather and knowing all of this. And she's back at Arcadia. The adults that were on the arc that did nothing this whole season we're trying to run shit. And mm -hmm. like, as an audience member, you're sitting there like, God damn, Bellamy and Finn and Murphy, even they all know what they're fucking talking yep. about. The worst so part, the worst part of season one is when Abby is the chancellor in Arcadia and she just won't relinquish power back to Jaha or Kane. And she's literally the worst person on the show. So yeah. I just cannot stand her in charge. Oh, you mean like in two when they're on, on the ground? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Man, yeah. When they get down there, got some good takes. That's also why Kane's a little bit of the homie, like you were saying earlier, Kathleen. That like Kane is one of the first adults to really kind of just 
get the vibe a little bit. But doesn't that not happen bit. until Pike comes? Yeah. And oh, he yeah, decides yeah, that, to take oh, yeah, the counterpart? That takes longer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes longer in the series, but he's one of the first adults that kind of clicks. And that's with. his highlight is once yeah. Pike arrives until, in my opinion, the bunker. Yeah. So after this first shot on the dropship, we go back to the arc and we have Kyle. What's her name? Uh, Cecilia? Cece? The... Callie. It's actually Callie. Callie. I'm shout, out <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to the prequel. Shout out to the prequel. Callie. It's Callie, quote unquote, CC. So we're nicknamed CC. Yeah. No, no. I mean, is she banging Kane? No. Oh, they're just yeah, friends. Yeah. 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 I no. think they're banging. They're not banging. I, I thought. Know. I mean, she a, goes into little... his. Yeah, they're go- She goes into yeah. his room later. Like they're like together. I cannot confirm that they are not banging. Yeah, so yeah. the assumption yeah. is they're totally banging. <laughs> uh, anyway, going forward, so we have this chick CC saying. There's a bunch of people from the arc just questioning, you know, we saw dropship go off, what's going on? And, on, you know, lady. she says the official council statement is we can't confirm anything right now. So just shut up, people. And then we go back to the dropship, and this is where we meet our boy Finn taking a space walk in zero gravity. I actually hated Finn in this scene. He Me seems too. like a total douche. He is really? total douche. You're just jealous. I mean, everything about Finn is very. If if there's anything <laughs> corny about this episode, it's Finn. Yep. So yep, that's ex- newbie. Newbie says Finn. Finn when he jumps in. Yeah, I would agree with newbie that. Agrees. I, my, newbie. My agrees. My note for that is he Spider Man's into. No, me. everyone looks up like, oh my god, he's so cool. Like, no, and Octavia's like, save me next. Yeah. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, so yeah. So he goes, check it out. Your dad floated me after all. Another corny. But can you imagine <laughs> though, like they're back. when they're saying like we saw a dropship, a lot of them are saying are our children on the dropship? They were going to be floated. If, if no, I know, but I'm just saying it's like crazy. Yeah. Like they don't know anything, and they're just saying, listen, we don't have anything to say about I just it. I want to jump in really quick because uh, Kane drink Sinclair drink, yeah. and then enter. Monty and Jasper, double drink. <laughs> Yo, sexy ass Kane. Look at that jacket and look at that slick bag. Nice shaven. young Kane, dude. He looks great. I, I knew like you were going to say something about his hair. He's better and lost. Finn is doing this. He's he's floating. He's causing trouble. Clark is immediately being like, get back in your seat. So as well. This causes two other boys to get out of their seat. Just bad behavior. It's learned, Flowers. you know? And so, so they stupid. end up dying. Which, parachute drop hits the ground and they're like whoa no buzz in the ears which i thought was so cool because i've never noticed that like their whole lives no machine they've, humming. they've been on a machine living on a there's so many things in this pilot that i was like holy fuck they've never had brothers or sisters they've never not heard this buzz they've in never their swam they've never seen no, rain like yes. jesus like but so many things can i just say you cannot convince me that Finn, the physics behind Finn not dying when not strapped in, get the fuck out. That of was here. literally, I was my complaint. There's I'm glad no the other way. two die, but what? Of course, the main asshole of the three has to live. I'm actually fine with them living, but I'm actually not fine with his character in that first episode because he goes from making the joke about I'm um, floating and and whatever Kathleen said. Then he makes the joke to Clark about none of us died in a fiery explosion. And she goes, yeah, but two of your guys yeah. died. Then all of a sudden he's like, we got to tell the arc that everyone's dying. And all of what a sudden mean by that? in like a little bit, Clark tells him oh, okay. that everyone's going to die. And then we, yeah, because he's like, Clark's hot. I'm on her team. Now. Yeah, I guess. Clark, but I mean, Clark he changed his character off. so quickly. He like, saw he, cleavage. Like, and was like, if they're going to make him her. the guy. I see. I disagree. I just think that they throw these people on a drop ship 
and and Finn is a is a wild man. I don't think this is a morality thing. He didn't want the other two to follow him, but that's just what happened. Oh. Like he was just like having fun, and then two people died. He oh. wasn't doing anything to like be. But why make Bellamy in inertia says Finn should? But why well, make the but... joke? To Clark about no one dying. Because he's a jokester. He does that the whole time. He's just trying to lighten the mood always. That's his role. Finn sucks. No, no. Kyle, back me up. Finn does actually suck. And if you think he sucks sucks. now, then you're definitely going to think he sucks later. But I do want to just make a comment of wells when he's like you know clark i, I don't want to die like with you hating me and she looks at him and goes i do hate you <laughs> that part is awesome. awesome i said this relationship yep. is so chaotic for the first five minutes of a television series <laughs> like i paused and checked where we were and it's like five minutes in yeah. and their relationship is insane and we know nothing it's about it. It's when they get turbulence. Wells is just like, I don't want to die without getting this off my chest. I'm sorry for having your dad arrested. And she says, they didn't arrest him. They executed him. I do hate you, dude. You suck. <laughs> she really had no qualms about dying, dad. hating yep. him and letting him know about it. Yeah. She could have flipped the whole thing. If, she, if he really wanted her not to hate her and said right there, your mom got your dad killed, not me. Yeah. Boom. Yep. Then they land. They're like, he's like, uh, <laughs> uh sorry. The Go one ahead. thing I had to say about the scene. Not a helmet in sight. Not one yeah. bit of head protection. Right. Concussions out the ass. And yeah, I mean, everywhere. Clark was passed out from the dart and wakes up in the spaceship or whatever you want to say. Thank I mean, there's a lot days. of things. The last words that Abby speaks before she almost gets floated are, you can use the wristbands for reverse engineering them to communicate with the... It's like, why didn't you say that before? Why didn't you automatically... That was a secret she was holding on to. Yeah. Also, the small part about that scene, which we don't have to say now when we get there, is that she says to Jackson, nod if you understand. (laughs) He obviously heard you. Everyone in the fucking hallway heard you. Yeah. Okay, now we're landed. The dropship has hit Earth. They're all unbuckling. Then enter... Hot boy, slick back, skinny ass Bellamy, the hottest boy boy I ever did see. Uh, how do you not have chills when you see? Just Loved the, it. Oh, also, I love so young. Actor. Like so young. one of his first acts is just putting Clark right in her place. She's like, yeah. "No, what if the air's toxic?" And he's like, "If the air's toxic, we're literally all dead, no matter what." Like, yeah. What kind just, of fucking excuses? Just that? curiously, when did this episode air? What 20, year? Twenty fourteen. Okay. Is when the first years. season came out. Damn, they get actually seven seasons in six years. I feel like that's pretty impressive, to be honest. And I do want to say off of that point, I'm really happy after rewatching this pilot for probably the you know eighth time. It, I'm very happy to know that this episode came out after we kind of got over the hump as a humanity for television shows where you can tell a show is old. Because when you're watching this, this show could have been made last year. You wouldn't yep. even know yeah. the difference. Totally. Yeah, I was, so the production value good. is there, and I fucking love that. Construction value and just the idea of it being in the future just takes all of the like outdated references. Exactly. Out. 15 years from now, yeah. you could watch it. It's not going to feel like, oh, look at this old show. Like if you were <clears> to right. watch the pilot of How I Met Your Mother, you're like, oh, this is made before cell phones. You know? Yeah. yeah. So this is where we've got Octavia kind of coming from the crowd. And and you scan Bow, the crowd. Chickle, wow, wow. But not with Bellamy. I was get, siblings. First time seeing it, definitely got that bounce. It doesn't wow, stop wow. you, though, Kathleen. <laughs> the siblings thing. Yeah, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> we, cover, we also cover Carnival Row. <laughs> we boy do we, where all the siblings bang in that show, in case you're wondering. Hottest chick on earth. Hottest chick on earth. Octa- True. I think you said you think I'm on earth. Yeah, That's Raven's so up in the heart. You guys, you keep me grounded, literally. No pun intended. Oh. Anyway, so Octavia shows up. This is where we get the 
like that's my brother and she's like nobody has a brother I that's fucking such love a hot that. line i could have really done that. is i could have been in the back of the drop going no one has a brother <laughs> and then who wants to take us into maybe the most iconic scene of all the hundred mm. the most iconic scene Luke, take us in my God. So we have Bellamy out here having a one-on-one with Octavia and everyone's sitting around just listening to them talk. You know, they're, they're, they're watching this reconvene. Sure. They haven't seen each other for a year. And Bellamy is, you know, he's being the leader and he's offering Octavia the chance to be the first human to set foot on Earth in over 97 years. When he pulls the fucking lever, which is actually the first lever pulled in the show, which there is kind of cool. It's Bellamy, not Clark. So when he pulls that lever to open up the dropship door, God damn, Octavia takes these steps. She hits the earth, turns around and says, we're back, bitches. <laughs> I'm waking up. So that good. was lit because that's the song. song. Yeah, very I have song legitimately right watched that scene six times today, showing almost everyone here. <laughs> I think yes. it's cool because I love that we all love this moment. But the hundred as a fandom, the hundred writers obviously know that this is a big moment the radioactive they use it moving forward on the flashback episode where they show them getting loaded onto which is honestly crazy because i guess clark was the only one that got like uh, tranquilized before yeah. they do that slow-mo radioactive into the dropship it's so good i'm glad that everyone knows that this is an iconic moment the conversation that octavia and bellamy have is I just love the quote that Bellamy tells her when she's saying, basically everyone knows her as being the girl from the floor. They're all making fun of her, like, that's Octavia Blake. Like, oh my God. And he says to her to calm her down is like, give them something else to talk yep. about. How about being the first person there on the go. ground so in 97 good. years? And that quote is just so good. I love that. Probably it's the totally... only good quote I, I vividly took away from this episode. Oh, God, what an ass, what were you gonna say? I just looked it up. Uh, Marie Avdropoulos was actually 28 when the pilot what? was was she's filmed old. yeah she's old yeah Whoa, don't, she, don't she, say she's old kathleen that's so she's not 35 nice. in the finale <laughs> she's 34 right now yeah, yeah. Exactly with like the time jump and like the different yeah planets. she's like 80 <laughs> like she's which 34 she's 19 yeah the pilot, dude i swear yeah. to god baby right girl away. looks no, young. I'm, I'm this scene would be on my netflix 2020 wrapped it would be like your most watched scene on netflix the uh we're back bitches it's just so perfect the radioactive obviously the word radioactive is just yeah. so relevant and how many times kathleen we get it at least three or four throughout the series slow, uh, slow song sure. is it just two? actually i thought it was two slow, it's really? just the, this one and the next one but we I feel like we just reference it and so then, much. And then Benchtown like uses it very well. <laughs> and then yeah. also they do no reference copyright. the quote no of, copyright. do we have anything better than we're back, bitches? Like they, they talk about this scene. Yeah. It comes up a couple Together. Times. Together. <laughs> I also will say that they have like the dropship, like door opens. All the wind rushes in her hair. They like flip the camera around to the front of her and the, the sunlight hits her and she's walking yeah. down the ramp and it's like, wow, this they, girl's they so hot. did a really good job. Gonna- of everything being dark, metallic-y visually. And then when that latch opens, they're just like, <gasps> yeah, like a breath of fresh air. It's just good. Literally directing. like the song. <gasps> oh, good. Yeah. 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 And then they all flood out. But the one note I have from the two notes I have is one of them is Clark's so hot too. Clark yeah. looks great in this she scene. Really I, I felt that deep breath that, that Octavia yeah. took. Me man. too. Yeah. And also, what would you do? Roll like, around in as face. much dirt as Close. I can, honestly. It's so funny that they just like <laughs> fires just like start. Dirt? Like, did they start those fires or was that like from 
the dropship landing. Right, the dropship. Some of the shit's just on fire, and I was like, the, "Was that like their celebration? They just started lighting shit on fire." This is honestly a really good intro. What would you do? Our girl Clark, just like the finale when she lands on Earth for being the only human ever with fucking our our puppy pups. What's the pup's name? Picasso. 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 Yeah. I looked right at you. She starts figuring out exactly what they need to do immediately. It's classic Clark. Again, we open at the close, baby. We are just full circle moments here. So she's automatically going around with the map. She realizes that, oh, shit. You see this? We are nowhere near where we were supposed to land. They dropped us on the wrong mountain. They and dropped us on the wrong damn mountain. Yeah. Also, that fire would have just burnt that entire area. Like, they landed, and there's a shitload of fire. Like, well, it's like 150 years ago. You're nitpicking. You wouldn't know. Yeah, I literally didn't notice any fire in this scene. Yeah, and Kyle and Dave are just like, where'd the fires come from? Yeah. You guys are focused on the fires. <laughs> that was their celebration. Like, we're on Earth. Let's light some shit on fire. And I was like, don't do that. I'm still a Clark girl. Through all these seasons, Clark over Octavia any day. The ship is going fast enough to start a fire when it lands, and you aren't wearing headgear. Go fuck yourself. Consistent- <laughs> consistently, though. Throughout the whole seven seasons, Lindsay Morgan or bust, dude. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Lindy, that, that Lindsay was, Morgan's bust? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> that was, uh, Lindsay that Morgan was, was in How I Met Your Mother. What? She was. Yes, that's, that's a fact. that boy? No, nah, I sent it to the Iceland group before. You know that. Wait. You think you're better than me? Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. All right, Jessica Harmon is Julia's sister in The Magicians. Dude, even Sinclair being the, the centaur. <laughs> Screwed me up. Okay. Dude, so, Sachin being one of the students of break bills. I was just like, that's our boy. But we actually talked to him about it. I totally, I'm not even lying. I totally I, missed I Jessica Harmon and Sinclair. Oh, okay. Both of them. I totally forgot. It's just like Canada. We also cover Cursed, everyone. If you're- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bringing us all the way back. This is our first like actual flirtation scene between Finn and Clark. Finn's like, hey, princess, what you doing? She's looking over the map and she's like, listen, doofus, we have an entire radiation soaked forest between us and Mount Weather. We got to get these supplies. Kathleen, like you were saying, this is classic Clark. Just everyone's celebrating. She can't celebrate. She can't take that time because she knows someone's got to be in charge of all the kids. You know, she's just taking that position of the adult in the room and trying to get everybody like we got to go to Mount Weather. Like we can't we can't celebrate yet. We got to find food, supplies, this, that and the other thing. What is, this, what is this pathetic excuse of a compass that she's using on this map? It's like a piece of scrap metal. Her and father. she's like, mm, I'm going to put this, got, because this proportion. I was actually proud of her for that. We have like Dave and Paul Earth over skills, here baby. Earth as skills. like <laughs> the jokey people who are like just here to trash it. There's I'm here no... to trash the shit out. No, I'm, like, I'm just kidding. I'm here to invite them. <laughs> I'm All genuinely wondering Dave. why we invite them. <laughs> Specifically, Dave. Paul, at least. Yeah, Paul's no. at least. I'm the only <laughs> one trashed. It's metal, dude. It's... <laughs> so Paul's comment is about the compass. The only thing I wrote down about this scene was that Finn's hair is so nice that it upsets me so much because my hair is not that nice. Very nice hair. Space Walker. Okay, so now we are back on the arc and we get our intro. Mr. Sachin Sahil, <clears throat> Dr. Jackson. That's our boy. Go listen to our interview with Sachin Sahil. Okay, anyway, basically they're tracking the fatalities and vital signs of everyone on Earth by the wristbands. And this is, I would say the wristbands is the plot of the first episode, the first few episodes, at least. It's the battle between do we want these people to know we're alive or not? 
honestly, <laughs> part of me is doesn't mind that they're all ripping off. Of course, we're on Clark and Wells' side where we're like, and they Stop. also don't know about the lack of exactly. Oxygen. So they have no idea. That's why Wells and Clark are just super woke, and they can't really tell anybody about it. I was torn between whose it's- side I was on with like the risk. Like I really because both sides are making really good arguments. Yeah. Like I see why they want to break off the wristbands, but it's also like what's keeping them like potentially in contact with if, the arc. Well, if you're Bellamy, the, it's a different story. You're a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. The the only argument for the entire for all of the hundred bar Bellamy, who actually isn't even part of the hundred, but the only argument is we cannot survive long term without the people on the arc. Will said, I don't care what Bellamy's telling you. He says this later. But well says our farmers are there, our doctors are there, like our chefs are there, like we need the people, like them or not, we need them. That's it. The hundred could not have survived if the ark did not come down. Yeah. That's a universal truth. I agree with you. I, I was thinking I was honestly gonna ask the same question, Dave, to everyone. Knowing myself, I feel like I would have been on Team Clark and Wells. I understand why yeah, there's some me of the hundred that are on, you know, Murphy and Bellamy's side. Yeah. Uh, me personally, if yeah, I was part of the hundred, I would have been yeah. on Clark and Wells side. Okay, so this is such a lit scene. It's kind of like bopping around, and we get Jasper and Monty and Murphy and Wells and Bellamy and Octavia and Clark all in the same scene, and my senses were overloaded. I can't believe the the fortune that we are in with these characters all in one place. It's fucking incredible, and it's already Lord of the Flies happening. Like uh, immediately, Lord of the Flies, Murphy versus Wells. Wells is like limping and. And Murphy's about to beat him up, and that's where Finn Spider-Man's in. And he's like, "Yo, man, like, what? Why don't you wait till it's a fair fight?" Love uh, the hecklers in the crowd because you get first off, you can hear an audible gasp from some of them, like, "Oh my god, some dude just jumped down to stop this fight." We gotta listen to him. And they he drops from ten feet and then collapses yeah. down. They thought it was the coolest thing they've ever seen, which it might have been because they grew up in the space. Who knows? I don't know, man. That's that's <laughs> people don't do cool dude. things. People don't jump one. down from anywhere in space. That's a great point. Nobody's ever jumped more than like <laughs> yeah, that ten is the feet. Biggest jump. I'm fine with it. That's I'm amazing. I'm letting the just go. Yeah. Like, hey, space walker, rescue me next. <laughs> yeah. The way it's it's less the line and more the delivery from uh, Marie who walks in and says, "Hey, spacewalker!" I'm like, "Ooh, stop dude!" It. But that's the thing; like, they can have the corny lines. I just didn't like the jump in with Finn, and I loved it. Bring it. I will say though that this is probably where I personally made the internal decision to start rooting for Wells, dude. Murphy was coming off yeah. so strong. Well, I was like, someone put this fucking kid down, please, well, that, for the love of God. Murphy's a villain. And he's a villain, a villain, and we talked else. about we it in the May May We Meet Again episode. He is a phenomenal first season villain. And Dave, really let is. me tell you this because you might appreciate this. Murphy's character was not supposed to go on. Yeah. Like he was gonna be this one and done early villain, but then Jason was so blown away by this dude richard, richard harman, harman, harman yeah. richard harman that they just wanted him around and he became the favorite of benchtown team it could have gone either way and i think i would have been fine with it because i mean with a character as dickish as bellamy or not bellamy um murphy murphy here that flip into being a good guy you know that's character development that'd be great for the story but also fuck this guy in the moment this guy fucking sucks let's kill him please. and it takes four good seasons before you can even say that he's so, useful watching season one when kathleen was telling me to watch season one i was talking about how i hated murphy and kathleen because you said you watched three seasons said, hot, sexy, you, exactly exactly though you but no but seriously though we watched season one i'm like 
this guy, Kathleen loves this guy. What the hell is going on? And he texted you, and I was like, Kathleen, Murphy sucks. Definitely like, a zero. So said, From a looks stop. perspective, yeah. too, he's a zero. He is not attractive. But now slightest. you wait, because he's a one for forever. No, two. Two means good, right? No, one is bang. Zero is not bang. He is just two you would marry. He oh, grabs the, the audience by the balls because everyone has forced to like him eventually because yeah. he's just so he's relatable because Dave. he just is doing what anybody would be doing if you're trying to survive in this goddamn messed up universe. Feel and it. then every actor we've talked to, we've, of course, we brought up his name. All of them love him in real life. Like Richard Harmon is the man. Murphy is, is totally. basically the face of our fandom as a as a Bingetown TV group. Speaking of being grabbed by the balls, I feel so bad for wells he is the perfect definition of the sins of our father i mean he has done nothing but follow the rules and yep. try to be a good citizen and all of a sudden he gets himself arrested to go help somebody so like mm -hmm. very noble and then he gets down there and everybody hates him he can't do a single thing without everybody being like boo like your father sucked and that, I'm going to completely agree with you. He was definitely, without a doubt, my favorite character. And this scene particularly probably drew me in more to him because I just was so sympathetic for him. Just how are you going to blame this dude for the, what he's doing? He's like, the so third faction. It's Clark and the people that believe in the bracelets versus Bellamy and Murphy and the people that don't. And then Wells, because Clark does not fuck with what Wells. That's what I was saying. This, I couldn't decide between if I wanted, you know, whose side I was on. But Wells was the perfect middle ground. In this episode, I literally think I would be Wells in real yeah. life. And I, mean, I think a couple people in this group would be Clark. And then, I don't know, I feel like Kyle would be the masses vibe. Like Bellamy just saying, fuck you, B. Toms. Yeah, fuck your dad. Eat I a mean, dick. Well, I, I mean, I definitely would have been the guy going, no one has a sister. <laughs> so I guess I would have been in the Bellamy. The one world. line where they're yelling at Wells and they're saying, your dad floated my I guess it's Murphy. It might be. And he says... My dad didn't write the rules, and someone jumps in and says, yeah, but he enforced it. Why is he the bad guy for enforcing it? He didn't write the rules. That's the point. That's why like, um, if you want to yell at somebody for writing the rules, that's fine. But enforcing your rules, that's what you have to do. If that's if your point, then you also were someone who said that Kane is a villain in this episode, right? I think he's a villain, but I also, like, I'm fine with what he does. To okay. wrap it back up to why wells was grabbed by the balls he's down there on earth and he can't do anything every single suggestion or id he makes they're just like no fuck you i hate your dad yeah i mean I would be that person saying fuck you to him <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's especially tough for him because clark should be his ally because they're kind of in the same mindset but Clark can't be his ally because clark hates wells for other reasons mm -hmm. so wells is completely on an island so to conclude this fight, you know, Finn clears the air between Murphy and and Wells. And he's like, you know, he's only got one leg, like back off, bro. You know, just completely alphas the situation. And then Octavia says, save me next spaceman. And Bellamy comes in and is just like, whoa, 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 relax. I made sure to be on that dropship so that I could protect you. I don't want you flirting with like spacemen, this, that, and the other thing. And Octavia is just like, dude, I was under the floorboards for the first 15 years of my life. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Bellamy's like, okay, but he's still pouty. We can tell he's still pouty. Bellamy reveals that he did something to get on the dropship that they would kill him for. And nobody knows what it is. It was a bad thing, though. It could be anything. since Something that the they would kill him so. for. It was a good thing because if he had a better shot, then Allie wouldn't have taken over the world. You feel me? Really? No. Wow, Luke. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next scene we have is Finn going over to Clark, who who's kind of tending to Wells's leg, and he's like, "Yo, Mount Weather trip. When are we leaving?" And Clark's immediately just like, "We're leaving right now. Like, let's go." And Wells is, says, how are you guys going to carry supplies for 100 people? And Finn turns around, and the first two people he sees, Jasper and Monty, is like, bro, we got two more signing up. Octavia comes in, says, sounds like a party, acting all flirty, cute, like we're on Earth, no danger, we're just taking a walk. I love this scene because it's just, I mean, obviously it's meant to be this way, but it's such great fate that Finn turns around and just sees Jasper and Monty, claps him on the shoulders, like they're coming with us. And I just love the fact, love and feel bad for Wells with the fact that he's just laying there with his bum ankle yeah. and can't go with them. Yeah. So he can't be part of this squad. I did forget to say that when storyline sucks. Sorry, I cut you off for a second. I just wanted to say, I, I forgot about Monty this episode. He is, him and Wells definitely carry, I love fucking Monty this episode. Monty's well, argument. Monty's, Monty's the beast. Yeah, Monty's. There's nothing unlikable Jasper's about Monty whatever. at all. No, no, no. Well, okay. No. What? Well, big question. Exactly. Where yeah. did they come from? The snowboarding stoner, goggles. Nobody snowboarded 97 years. People didn't even know what snow was. No wind in space. Like what the fuck had. are the goggles? We know elastic can only last for so long before becoming. We all okay, have boxers. Listen, there's I no. Love it. Listen, so if, you, if you don't care about Jasper, then you're not going to care about the tweet. first season of The 100 because one of the first big things is when Jasper gets a spear in his chest. Yeah. And if you don't feel that, if you don't feel that, like it's one of the most pure characters getting the spear in his chest and going like, <gasps> then you're not going to watch the rest of the season. Okay, let's go forward. So we've got this oh, crew. Before, is- before we move on, it's important to note that Clark notices that Finn there's cuts all over his his wristband and she knows that Finn was trying to take it off she's like you can't do that the arc you know if they think we're dying they're not going to come down and Bellamy is very interested in this information about the wristband and that the arc might not come down if they think they're dying he's like hmm back at the arc we have Abby monitoring the kids vitals through the wristbands and she notes that Clark's blood sugar is low she's like they still haven't eaten. They haven't found a food source. And at that moment, we get Abby taking a phone call and she says, Jackson, hurry up. We need a lot of A negative blood. And our girl Cece is like, "What? well, what happened? The chancellor has been shot. And this is where Jimmy was like, how long did it take for this information to get to Abby? The chief medical expert on the ARC. It took an entire dropship going from the ARC down to Earth. And the kids like acclimating themselves for her to get a phone call saying that the chancellor was shot. Honestly, that's ours. You putting it that way kind of makes it. Okay, so picture this. So we know that the head of the prison. Shumway. Shumway tasked Bellamy with this. We don't know this yet from the pilot, but we know this because we've watched all seven seasons. Right. So he tasked him with this. For all they know, he could have shot him in his quarters. And how long does it take for someone to get a dropship down to the earth and whatever. I, but, I honestly think that when you put it that way, it, it could have been done. Also, there's no time. But, it's not a time one for one. Like, we don't know how much is being shown of one side versus the other. It's not really equated. What it, it is no, we do. We do. We do because the wristbands going out and, and yes. In real okay, time. you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And, it, I mean, it is in real time. And I think that this is a plot hole. There's no way around it. That information that the chancellor, the most important person on the arc, that information should have gotten to the chief medical expert 
on the ship way faster. Especially when all this shit is going on. Like, when these people are on fucking Earth, like, he should be there. And people, like, you're not going to just question, like... Where is Jaha? This is an important transition for humanity, and he's not there. He should be in the command Arguably the most important transition. This is the humanity's almost last moment. thank you for that, Dave. Also, it's weird because Kane was calling the shots in an earlier scene this episode. So, assumedly, he had already inherited those Chancellor per tempore, I think is the term that they use. The chronology just doesn't line up there. But also, he probably was high enough where he was given orders in certain situations anyway. But I will give that to you 100%. Yeah. Smoking on that Jasper, good, good. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that why yeah. Jasper? Dave, oh, you'll appreciate this. There's a late, there's an episode way down the line in season four when Ma, when Jasper's just giving up on life. He's just doing whatever makes him happy. And the ship, the whole arc is crashed on Earth. And he tells Monty to go to the area where they where he used to live and say, yeah, like I stashed some weed in there. If you, while you're over there, grab a stash. <laughs> It's so good. I it's do so love good. those two. They, yeah. the, their friendship really is. All right. Else. Jasper got some brownie points right there. I was just going to comment that in the fact that like, okay, I said that mm. I didn't like Jasper that much. I, I, he was more of just a jag to me. He just was a guy. Whereas Monty was a huge personality. Guy. Yeah. He was just another guy. And Monty was like Luke. a personality. So I will debate that because in season two, which is arguably the best season of the hundred Jasper is an MVP. Jasper's great. But yeah. his downfall Monty, is so though. heavy that it almost ruins the entire reputation of his character, in my opinion, because okay. it becomes one of my least favorite of the show. But this yeah. is actually the first scene uh, that I wrote down. I'm just grinning like an idiot ear to ear. Like when they're talking about it and they start hitting each other, it's like, well, someone apologized a thousand times and they just start smacking each other. And I'm just like, let's go, the bros. They enter this kind of forest and it's not as bad as later when they wake up in the middle of the night and there's like radioactive flowers. But they go in this forest with poison sumac. It's beautiful. They're walking around. Finn like jumps, grabs one of the flowers and like slowly puts Octavia's hair back and puts it in. And this is classic Monty and Jasper being like, Yo, that's game. Yeah, like that, yeah. That, so my friend is game. And then later, when they're hitting each other, is because one of them asked something about them being. I don't even well, know. He asked, like, "What'd you get locked up for?" Being yeah. bored, and then he's like, "That is not game, sir." <laughs> and, so, and they're just like, "Smack, smack, 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 smack." So Finn is making the moves on Octavia, but not really. He's just a charmer in general. So now we're in a spot where Clark is still being just like so smart. Like she's so smart. She's leading the thing. Monty and Jasper are potheads. This is where you get the kind of reveal of that. And then the iconic shot of these five characters looking at the deer i feel like i've seen this in a promo or on tumblr so mm-hmm. many times it's a, it's a classic shot of these really good five characters and they look at this deer and clark had made a comment earlier in the episode being like i'm concerned because there's no fucking animals around here meaning they're probably all dead from like radioactive shit i really like that twist when they see the deer it was just like that it just added another we say this all the time in the mandalorian but like it just adds another layer to the show of just the possibilities of what could come you know yeah, so they, they see this deer. It's like a, um, a mystical moment almost because, of course, again, they've never seen an animal before. They see this deer. It turns its head, and it's like a radioactive two-head deer, but not even like two heads. It's like split in half split in half deer, and they're just like, like, whoa, baby, that's scary. That's exactly what they say, actually. <laughs> you guys ever see the, I have the script in front of me? The movie Annihilation came yep. out in 2018. Sure Mortal Kombat I, Annihilation? No, uh, that is 
a hundred percent what it reminded me of. Just this, it just spliced gene animal that was just a horrible. What's the word? A victim of just radiation. Back on the arc, our next scene is Abby in the in the operating room, and she is working on Jaha, and she she's talking to Jackson, who is obviously her assistant in the OR, and says, you know, we need more anesthesia give him more anesthesia. And Jackson says, I, I can't do that. We've already used more than enough, like more than we're allowed to. You're asking me to break the law. And Abby says, I'm going to do it myself. And then we continue and we get our guy, Paul's favorite character, Commander Shumway, saying that they've ID Jaha's shooter and it's Bellamy Blake. Uh, they're like, well, what's his motive? The motive, obviously, is his sister. You know, the, everybody knows about Octavia Blake, how she was the girl under the floorboards. He said, clear motive. And Shumway then proceeds to to kind of steer the conversation towards this population reduction. He says, as Chancellor Pro Tempore, you have the power to give the executive order to approve this population reduction. And Kane, I feel like this is almost an iconic line where Kane says, if we're going to kill hundreds of innocent people, we're going to do it by the book. I'm so glad you said that because that is, I think that's one of the only quotes I wrote down for the whole episode. I understand that Kane is trying to be logical here. I guess it's just the lack of sympathy that really gets to me as Kane being like, fuck this guy. But like, honestly, do it by the books. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, that. you got to realize that Kane in his mind is thinking that especially as being Chancellor Pro Tempore's, it is his job for the entire, like the human race, the species to survive is on. So Kyle, let me ask you, do you think that he has no ulterior motive? Do you think he's actually just going straight by the book? I think it's a weird situation in, in episode one. Like Abby tries to make it seem like he has some kind of ulterior motive. For me, at least for my first time watching, I thought like Kane was trying to do his own. I think they're purposely trying to make it seem like he has an ulterior motive. But if he doesn't and he actually is just going by the law, yeah. then he's not an antagonist. It's funny that you say that because my note for the scene is that, man, they do such a great job of portraying Kane as a bad guy. Right. Because he's someone that like Paul was saying earlier with Thanos, like you kind of get where he's coming from. I mean, you don't really like the way he's, he says the exact line. He's like, he's like, I will break this down to Adam and an Eve. As long as, as long as the human race survives. That's why I say that. I don't think he has an alternative. Yeah. He's not an antagonist for that. He's just trying to make sure the only appeals to Kane in this episode for what he's doing wrong. Nobody says what you're doing is illegal. They all come to him like, oh, Abby's my best friend. You can't kill him. This, that, and the other thing. Nobody nobody tries to say logically, you're illegal, you're corrupt. Like, this is what you're doing is evil. Like nobody says that because no, it's not. Right. If, if you had a completely object leader, he would be making the same decisions. Exactly. If you had a computer... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had a computer yeah. like ruling over just by the rules. It would be Kane right now. Here is huh? here is the thing: the rules on the arc are savage, and that is at the core of the story. You float people for literally anything, and the idea That's, that was like so wild to me is that like you could do just a tiny little thing, yeah. and you're just getting floated. Which is like I get that like you want pure human beings, but like. Dude, no, like, it's not even no, about, not about I that. want pure hu human Look, beings. It's about we have to get rid of anybody. The oxygen on yeah. the ark. Guys, it's called it's called the when arc. the ark, Noah and the ark when it flooded. Like he's 
Yeah, he's literally it's called the arc because that's everybody surviving. And but going back to Kane <laughs> and making a decision for I I'll bring it back to an Adam and Eve. That is the only reason of the arc. The arc is to make sure that humanity survives. Right. And who it there doesn't matter how many casualties there are, as long as humanity survives. Yeah. And that's you, what Kane is. You can't have anybody in the entire human population at all deviating from what's what's gonna push the human race forward because if even if you just have anyway scheming a little bit you need to kill them because yeah. there's there's no room for error here yeah to put it in modern terms everyone needs to be furta yes let modern. me just finish furta my voice. thought everything on the arc the the rules are savage and obviously our world would never live by it which is why we think it's so crazy but the idea behind kane is should we bend the rules for the chancellor like, why would we bend the rules for him? Is is there something special about him? And that is where all the, like, ambiguity is. And I think that is such a cool place to be. I don't like the black and white. Give me the gray every day. Yeah. Every and it's, and it's also interesting, like you're saying, just because you know that if the chancellor dies, he's the next chancellor. So yeah. that's, why, that's, that's, that's why that's why you're like, well, is he like, okay. what's he doing here? Okay. Put yourself in the shoes of someone who's in charge. Say you do bend the rules to save Jaha's life. Then what Joe six pack has to go to the OR. They run out of anesthesia and what, you know, you have yeah, a, you I have an uprising on your hand from yeah. the working class. You know, it's just you know like this man has a six pack. He obviously yeah. is a hard worker. We need him. That's true. Hey, Rick man. And Morty refer to that as a cum gutter. But what I was <laughs> not to bring it back to something everybody loves, but the Bible and religion is that Cain and the Ark, like Cain and Abel, I'm Ark, sure Noah and the yeah, Ark. That was in their, their in their head when they named him. Yes, That's their crazy. symbolism there and. Especially because he brings up the cosmic Adam and Eve. Yes, I think that's intentional symbolism. I'm going to progress us through this story here. We have back on the ground, Murphy and one of his cronies start harassing Wells. And Wells is just leaning up against the drop shift. And apparently they had carved into it first son, first to die. So they're just trying to intimidate him, freak him out. And Murphy tells Wells, like, oh, we get a little bit of Murphy backstory. You know, my father begged for mercy to your father and he didn't give it to him. Why should I give you the same thing? This, that, and the other thing. Wells and Murphy have beef. It's established. It's our pilot. We're trying to set that all up. So Wells walks away, enter Bellamy. Well, well, it's not worth Wells' time. He's just like, all right, whatever, guys, you spelled the word die wrong. Like, I'm not telling you anything. He walks away. Bellamy comes in and Bellamy starts to get like consolidate his own power. He starts to get Murphy and his cronies on the same team says, once the arc comes down, they're not just going to forgive your crimes, all of our crimes. Like we're going to go right back into a cell where we started from. The only way out of this is to take off our wristbands. So they think we died and they won't follow us down. Yeah, exactly. He's like, best case scenario, we're going to be picking up their trash. I love it. I think it's a solid argument, although we know Bellamy has a more personal stake. I think it's a very valid argument. I'm I'm down. Obviously, first watch, I'm like, Bellamy, could you stop it? Would you fucking stop? But now I'm like, that's not bad because fuck the adults. I'm in that first watch, obviously, phase. I'm just yeah. like, stop, please. So Bellamy is wrangling up the 100 to take the wristbands off. It's bad, which we know, but 
it's a uh, in the middle ground while we're watching this pilot, right? So I believe the next scene is Clark telling the squad what's up about the oxygen, right? So she's informing them that listen, bitches. If they can't get down, they're going to die up there. There's not enough oxygen. They have about three months left, which is a really hot piece of information and will eventually be a very what I believe is a really good part of season one, Mm -hmm. because you see in this episode specifically, Kane's going to immediately going to start killing people off to gain more oxygen, which is really intense. Now we've got the, the core five. We've got Clark. We've got Octavia and Jasper and Monty and Finn, right? And we've got O making a damn move. She's stripping down into the water. And Jasper says, damn, I love her. (laughs) And they've never been swimming, which is fun. Just like a fun little fact. And O looks hot. Can I get a agree on three? One, two, three. Real quick. I just want to say that every character is so good looking in this. Male, female, everything. Sexy group. They're all sexy. They picked yeah. some good people to go to the go to sex cells, baby. In this episode, either, right? No Harper at all. No, no. Harper at all. No, right? no Harper's Harper. not for a, a little bit. Yeah. Do you think this is the like? Did they take baths on the Ark? Probably not. No, they stink. Which is why everyone was mad at me when I said Murphy smells good. Yeah, but no. he's been in in the mind space. He's got to smell good. I'm just exactly talking about. I said. I'm talking about being submerged in water. No one's this brushed is, their teeth in eight years. No. I'll tell you that right now. Now nah, you brush your teeth, but you don't. You probably it's like air. Exactly. It's, like pr- it's push pressurized air to, to clean yourself. Are you are you thinking of an automatic hand dryer except just times, <laughs> times 10? <laughs> the worst thing ever, but your whole body. Whatever. Whole point I was getting at what you guys were saying. Nobody's been swimming. They're like diving in underwater. This is like a crazy sensation. They've probably never felt before. We get this shot of them being like, Octavia goes behind them. It's like a snake coming at her. This is probably the worst shot scene in the whole show. Yes. Uh, Without a doubt. It's like her flopping around. It's like, what is got her by? She only has scratches on her leg. So what is, what is the grasp? Whatever it is. They get her out by a distraction, and they're all like, oh, thank God. Not like, oh, shit, could that come on land? Do you think they missed out for, like, season one, two, and three not having monsters? monsters? I was literally going to like, – I think I said it – it might have got overlooked earlier. Out. It doesn't necessarily have to be a monster. I was literally saying you could you, get a season's worth of content out of just monsters alone on this planet. Whatever's probably. alive and lifted yeah, exactly. the radiation. Exactly. Right. Like, if you want to bring on the double – double faced deer you want to bring on the snake like make it some kind of plot point that's why it surprised me so much to hear you guys say that they just don't do anything else yeah. with it because like it's it was it was a big it was a big thing this not a big thing this episode like but, yeah, but the relationships between people and the limits that they're willing to go to for the people that they love and you could definitely integrate that into fighting nature itself but they really focus on the fact of you know, human, other human, other yeah, grounders human that survive. So, so much better. Human conflict. Fuck, which, a, fuck a creature. Which I agree with Kathleen is much. Let's better. keep going. Yeah, I don't want to be a douche, but I think it was more of an eel than a snake. <laughs> I, they say oh, snake. So thank you for fuck that. Off. We well, agree. They literally say the words uh, because they've never seen animals, Luke. <laughs> and also, what I just want to say is that when I rewatched the pilot today, 
I completely forgot that this scene even happened. I forget her stripping down and jumping in the water, but I completely forgot about the fact that the eel comes and Jasper kind of saves her. And then I like how we're calling an eel now. Fuck the snake. Save the girl. Yeah, my boy. He yeah, goes. that was that was sweet. But biggest no. regret is Jasper and Octavia not getting at least one arc together. One bang scene. One. Can you bang imagine scene. that would have been a one. huge for all humanity plot point yeah. for season for one of like the hot girl. Getting with the, I guess, nerd, nerd if you want to say it. One small ejaculation for man. <laughs> One giant ejaculation <laughs> for, for mankind. mankind. <laughs> it's Lincoln comes too early in the show yeah, for that I to mean, be a thing. So the next scene we've got is everyone's having a wristband burning party. Uh, they they go to a bonfire back at the dropship, and one by one, people are standing over this bonfire, getting their wristband off, and everyone's cheering. And Wells is like, what in God's name? What the fuck are you guys doing? And, of course, this all just goes to Bellamy's agenda. Wells is telling them, listen, stop. But we kind of flash to the arc of them going one by one, yes. And, and we kind of skipped a scene before. First of all, when the two died right away i I really thought this was interesting yeah it's what'd you say the johns john murphy and john yeah well no well they didn't die but the two that the two that die right away so they kind of say okay it's impact they look at the screens and see it's red and they're like they're just excited to be down on earth like it's such an interesting thing that they really only did it by vital signs because they have no idea what they're feeling and it's so cool so then one by one everyone starts dropping off and they're trying to decide if it's radio radiation and this plays such a bigger part in what and what the arc is gonna do moving forward it's like okay is it radiation are they taking the wristbands off are they getting killed are they killing each other one by one i think it's a very interesting concept that i'm glad they almost didn't make better versions of the wristband because it was all up in the air it's also i mean it has everything to do with the fact of the decision that the people in the arc are going to make but also the smaller thing is it's the beginning not even the beginning. It is the tension between Abby and Kane. Yes. 100%. Abby 100%. has the explanation that she understands what's going on. And Kane is so convinced that it's radiation. Like if it was radiation, they wouldn't die. Like, yes, this. like all these, they have these conversations and these arguments over and over about these things happening. What you're saying, it's very interesting because the whole thing is literally Abby's trying to say that it's not radiation. And if you're one side of the story, you're saying, Oh, she's hoping that it's her daughter's okay. And the other side of the story is Kane saying, no, 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 no. And you're thinking, oh, is that him trying to just get his agenda on top? It's one or the other. Yeah. And you're just trying to decide who's the actual antagonist in the situation. I think, honestly, my least favorite quote of the entire episode, and we talked about it. There's a lot of corny shit. I think it's when Abby turns away from the argument, and I believe it's this scene where she says, like, I hope I'm right, or please let me be right. Yep. For her, she should she should know. know. She, she should, should know. know. Yes. Like she's reading all the vital signs, all of the this is an example I'm gonna throw out, but I don't know if they use it, like the potassium levels, yep. the blood sugar. Like she should understand what's happened. I just don't like when she turns and says, I hope I'm right. She is right. That's literally like only for the audience. And only I, for the audience. Okay, but at the same time, you have no clue what's going on down on that planet Earth. Like, yes. The vitals would would tell you would suggest one thing, but uh, oh my gosh, this is a planet you haven't been on for a hundred years because it's been ruined. 
because of radiation? Yes. She would, in the back of her mind, all of her medical expertise would tell her, "I Clark is probably fine. This is what I think from a medical standpoint. But in yeah. the back of your mind, you would always be thinking, oh, my God, I hope I'm right. I hope these kids are still okay. I agree with you. I'm <laughs> just saying the way they present it in terms of Kane's argument of being it's radiation versus her argument of they're excited to be there and they found food and they found water, all those kind of things. Like it's a little upsetting that she doesn't trust herself more, but I agree with you. And especially the add the layer of when she says, you know, I hope I'm right. She looks right at Clark's vital sign and sells that point. But I agree with it's necessary just for the audience. She's questioning it in her head, but we don't know what her head is saying. Obviously, if she's just thinking it, so she has to say it out, out loud just so we know. So uh, they have the whole bonfire with the uh, with the wristbands. They're all cutting him <laughs> off, throwing him into the uh, into the fire. And the chant that they come up with is "Whatever the hell we want." And the note I so wrote is just that it's the worst chant ever. Iconic yeah. and stupid. It's still no iconic. Rhythm, though. It's actually yeah. it, is it is iconic though. Really, is. there's no rhythm. Whatever, Whatever the, the hell, hell we want. Okay. And says it though. I love when he says it. He's just like whatever the hell we want. Anytime um, he, anytime he says anything, whatever the hell we want. Hard disagree with Kyle here. I think it's a great chant. Fuck you, Paul. Yeah. Anyway, so okay, whatever. <laughs> the sound of them chanting it isn't great, but I agree with Jimmy and the way that Bellamy uses it to Wells. It starts to yes, rain, and Wells says, line. "We need to collect this." And Bellamy looks at him and plainly just says, "Whatever the hell we want." Dude, yeah. exactly. That, that is all. That's awesome. such a good line because he's literally like, "Should we? We need to collect this stuff." Whatever the hell we want. It's like so nonchalant. Yeah. It just goes to show Bellamy's entire thing where he's not looking out for the for the whole of the group. He's truly just looking out for number one. That's what it is. He's looking up. I don't want to speak for everybody in Benchtown TV, but I, I think we are all opposed to groupthink. We are. Fuck yes. groupthink. Fuck groupthink. And this is groupthink on a 100-person level. You know, yeah. Bellamy's thinking something. He gets the crowd on his side, and then everybody is opposed to Wells. Poor Wells. This is the first time I was getting real Lord of the Flies vibe. Yeah, totally. So, so. back on the arc, we get 10 more kids have seemingly died, which they've been burning their wristbands, so that makes sense. They just think kids are dropping like flies. And Abby notes that the pla- – or actually, I think it was Dr. Jackson notes that the plasma – osmolarity is going up which means that they found water so jackson and abby are kind of like loki celebrating but then kane comes in to rain on their parade and he's arresting abby for exceeding the maximum amount of medical supplies allowed for a single patient which obviously would be a rule on the arc abby comes back and immediately just says breaking the law to keep you from becoming chancellor was the easiest decision i ever made my there is so much I tension thought, between that two. Yes, exactly. The first mm-hmm. thing I wrote down after watching this scene was, I cannot believe her and Kane end up in love yeah. together. You they did, don't know. I did not yeah. know that. And wow, that yeah. is a that's right? crazy. Bro. Because yeah, this one episode alone, just the tension, like they literally are at each other's throats the entire the, the pathway entire time. is unbelievable. That's cool yeah. though. So, no, that's cool. That's a cool. But outcome. the best thing about it is it makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dave, because they're the oldest people. In the show, but, but be, service level analysis. I'm just, I'm just saying. But they had a line earlier that Jaha said to Kane: "Sometimes being a leader means knowing when to follow the law and when to break it." And this was a perfect example. This was an opportunity where they needed to break the law to save somebody's life. But Kane 
being the you know rule book follow the fucking guidelines dick that he is he's blinded and by following the rules that's exactly why me and kyle were just going back and forth earlier like is he going by the rules or is he going by his own agenda well, that's what you well we know, know. that's like up to your own interpretation we the we as the audience already knows that Kane is up to his own agenda because Shumway has already introduced this population reduction narrative. So we know that Kane has his own agenda, but Kane tells Abby that Abby, you're leaving me no choice but to find you guilty. And Abby comes back with with a really good line. She says, we always have a choice. You had a choice to persecute my husband. You had a choice to include my daughter Clark in these charges. You know, hiding behind the law absolves you of absolutely nothing. Like, you're not doing the right thing in this situation. Can I, can I put two cents in real, real quick? Yeah, of course. So I understand <laughs> that Kane, you know, is doing everything by the books. But, and yes, he he's willing to, you know, sacrifice the the commander or whatever his position is in order to follow these rules but if you are aware that one person is able to do a lot more for humanity than some joe six-pack why not break the laws for that one that's the thing abby gets a lot of treatment throughout the series because she's a doctor and it makes sense because that's the most valuable abilities you could have i mean that's literally the argument if you're the only doctor and kane's sitting there telling you like no "No, you can't help our only doctor out you have to follow the rules like what I was trying to get at is if you bend the rules for Jaha, then literally there are th- how many is it roughly like a thousand give or take people living on the ark? Like yeah. who, who can you not bend the rules for? You know, like if some you average worker is dying, but you could save him with more anesthesia or more blood than is it's an interesting allowed by the law. Yeah, it is because honestly, he's the chancellor by law but what makes him better than anybody else out of the thousand if you're on a train there's 10 people shoveling coal you know whatever one of those people like breaks the law or whatever and you can get by with those nine i get it you can just kill that one dude whatever have the other nine just go to work but this is like yeah yeah, exactly right i kind of want to end this because this is literally just a moral dilemma and you can see both sides i just want to make the one comment is that abby's last i believe it's abby's last quote in this entire scene is that she says i choose because they're talking about choices and she says you chose to kill my husband you chose to do this and he responds with i choose to whatever like keep the human race going oh my god i have the quotes if you want her response is i choose to make sure that we deserve to stay alive classic abby through all seven and i think that's yeah interesting abby quote it's very interesting that abby is is the person that says that in the pilot because of what she ends up doing throughout all the seasons exactly the question is that does she have that moral high ground and I think throughout the season, she loses that moral exactly. high ground. Oh, Sister Clark, multiple times that you have to make sure you deserve to fucking be alive. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about our other vets of this show, but the most, like, the sticking point of Abby for me is the fact that she becomes addicted to painkillers and throws Raven under the bus because of it. Yeah, Ooh, yeah that's her down. And literally, Kyle, I wrote down the same quote as you. Like, I choose to make sure that we deserve to live. And my next sentence is, LOL, the audacity of this bitch. Exactly. Because she, I think she proceeds totally... to make every single wrong decision. I hate Abby. Paige Turco, to... love ya. Kathleen, I don't Abby. mean to contradict you, but I think she really does contradict that line majorly mm-hmm. after season one throughout just, the rest of the series. I just want to make the point that I don't think her addiction 
is like such a factor in determining her losing the moral high ground. But I think that the fact that she favors certain people over other people and actions that she does, I don't think that her being an addict to painkillers think is about, what makes think her about erode the, Clark, the moral um, high ground. But think about Clark and Lexa knowing that that the whatever was going to get bombed and Abby's reaction to that is what I was thinking of. Abby's like, are you fucking joking? Like you, you, you took your own lives into account before everybody in this camp that, you know, is about to get bombed. Like up until at least I'm team Abby all the way up to season three, four. And honestly, Jimmy, I agree with you. I I don't, I mean, okay. She pisses us off as viewers time to time, especially because we're, Always when she's Clark. acting we as chancellor, Clark. like she obviously pisses us off, but I'm still okay with her. Yes, like, I agree. So the closing quote of this scene is Abby saying, that's the difference between us, Kane. I choose to make sure that we deserve to stay alive. And then we have Abby is obviously getting arrested and she is placed in the same cell that Clark was being held in. So she sees all the drawings and we have this scene. It's a moment. It's a thing where she she obviously recognizes that this is Clark's old cell. Moving forward, we go back to the Mount Weather crew and they're all kind of like sleeping, at least Octavia, Jasper and Monty are. But Clark wakes up in the middle of this forest. It's you know, it's it's nighttime out, but she looks around and for the first time sees this forest absolutely illuminated by the glowing fungus, I guess I mean, you would say. I've seen a death. We don't need to keep going No, no, going I want to say uh-huh. one more thing because there are tracks and there's like a toe. So he's saying this is a biped, whatever he says. Someone he walking on two feet. Bipedal. And I was like, is this the goddamn gorilla that attacks Lexa and Clark oh, in season that's two? Actually, that's actually pretty funny. Wow. That Good is vet be. status. That's yeah, vet status. and Dude. I was like, where is that gorilla to this day? They're in Ton, D.C., so I like to think that the Washington, D.C. Zoo had a gorilla that just outlived all the radiation and just like fucked everything up. So I'm going to take us to the next scene, which is our girl Callie, Kyle's favorite character who is never seen again. Callie, aka CC Cartwig, back on the ark, is going to Kane's quarters and is a appealing to his pathos saying abby is my best friend you can't execute her like you cannot float her like come on and this is just like a confirmation of kane doubling down on his orders just she broke the law it's unbending like it's very clear she has to get floated with accordance of the law yeah i i just think this is a great scene for kane's character because the whole kind of conversation we've been having this entire episode. And we've, we brought this scene up, I think a couple of times when we're discussing of whether Kane has an ulterior motive of whether he wants to be chancellor himself or whether he is just kind of acting in the best faith for the human race itself. And me personally, I took this scene as Kane is acting in the best interest of the human race, no matter what can happen, because we talked about this earlier as well. And I, I really think, I think Kane and Callie are a thing in this moment. I understood the sexual tension. Maybe it wasn't a thing. <laughs> I always see it. Yeah, I'm looking right at you, Kathleen. <laughs> yeah, so I, if you're saying yes, yeah, so I'm in. Okay, they I, had sexual tension. So she was pleading with him to understand that Abby is A, her friend, and B, the doc. He needs to understand that she has, she is not just Joe Sixpack, right. like we've been saying. Right. She you know is I mean? more important. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just, I, I love this scene for Kane's character. Because I think it just keeps building on the fact that he is so hell bent yeah. on 
just understanding the fact that he should be the one to make the decisions to advance the human race, no matter what can happen. And, and he makes bad decisions and good decisions throughout the series. But this is such a great introduction to him. The as music character. also like the ominous music that plays whenever he's like speaking to also plays into the fact that makes me as a beginner think that he's a bad person. Jarring crescendo. And yeah, also, exactly. B-Toms, I think it was great that he used the word pathos because Kane in this scene has no pathos. He has negative as, pathos. Honestly, to, you know, fight for Kane's corner... I, a leader shouldn't have that much pathos. You know what I mean? Like I I told Jimmy before Kane is making the right decisions if a computer was in charge. You know what I mean? True. And then, but so that's, in a pe- that's the opposite take that Jaha gives him is saying that mm-hmm. a true leader of the people knows when to not follow the law. And that's, and the that's what I think Ab- they need to survive. Abby is the only one that I inherently disagree with. Like she should not be floated because she's very valuable. She's a doctor. Like she should have longer of a leash, but everybody else. Yeah. Jaha. Sh- I, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm yeah. with you. That's exactly yeah. how I would yeah. view it. In this situation, as Kane, I lean to your point about saying that a leader shouldn't have pathos, but I don't think that a leader should eliminate pathos. Sure. Which we will find yeah. out later in a, I think it's scene or two when Jaha comes in and makes decisions. I think Jaha's moment as the leader, when he is first actually introduced as not just the pre recorded message. Mm-hmm when he actually has a moment of personality and he has pathos yeah. when he, he says exactly what i just said exactly, what he yeah, says yeah. is is a really good moment yeah. and i will try to get us to that scene yeah, but first you. we have a scene back on the ground where wells is awoken by bellamy who just kind of cups his cups his mouth and is wielding a pistol says don't say anything don't wake anybody up you're coming with me and bellamy kind of leads him to this I don't know, call it a valley or whatever. And he tries to appeal to Wells saying, you know, dude, listen, your father banished you. You should be on our side. We're, we're not, we're not he the says, bad guy here. here. I, got you. He says, yeah. I don't want to shoot you, Wells. Hell, I even like you. Why aren't you helping me do this? Because Bellamy's coming from this point of view where he understands that the humans up in the arc coming down is not going to be beneficial for, for him. So Uh to me personally, this is both a likable and a dislikable part for Bellamy because it shows that his character is a little more consistent. Like he stays by this, what he says. And I don't know. I really like this scene for Bellamy. Wells being Wells says, fuck off. We're keeping these things on. And then Bellamy calls on the boys being Murphy, Adam, and just cronies, whatever the fuck. Other John. John John and Big A. Bellamy has a gun, and that is something that nobody knew yet. Nobody, that gun yeah. is very important because everyone is just there with their whatever the clothes they were wearing, clothes off their backs. And Bellamy mm-hmm. has a fucking gun. <laughs> That's so it? true. And I believe, sorry, I believed Bellamy when he said what he said to Wells. When he's like, "I like you, just, just like let's do this together. Let's help each other out. The hundred on the ground are the hundred. I really like this conversation because Wells even comes back. He sees through Bellamy, says, yo, enough of this, whatever the hell we want stuff. Why are you actually doing what you're doing? And all Bellamy says is, I have my reasons. But he's having a rational conversation. He's not the type of person that just points a gun to someone's head and says, yo, you can either agree with me or you're going to die right now. That's not Bellamy. Yeah, 100%. A little bit rational. And I like yeah, it. I love he's it. being I love totally rational. Yeah. If well, if Wells knew 
Bellamy's background, he would probably be appreciative that he even gave him the opportunity to live at all, you know? I, I don't know. This is uh, this is kind of cementing Bellamy as a great character for me and someone who's not I don't know what I'm trying to say. Bellamy's awesome. Yeah, I this was a moment where at first I was like, wow, why is Wells freaking out so hard about the fact that they're going to rip this wristband off of his arm? You know what I mean? Cuz he's like screaming like, "No, like don't do this. Like how could you do this to me?" But then I'm realizing, going back to what Clark says earlier in the episode, like, don't you care about the fact that, like, the people that you love know that you're safe and that you're okay? And then I, like, it really clicked for me the second time I watched the pilot of that. He's so worried about the fact that Jaha finding out that he's dead. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay, now I get it. I'm enjoying okay. hearing your guys' thoughts about this, too, because... At least when I was watching, without talking to anybody watching this episode, I personally felt like I was taking Wells' side. And from my perspective, Bellamy was definitely a dick waving his gun in, in Wells' face. And he literally called on, like, okay, he didn't use the gun, but he used six other dudes to basically jump Wells. Like, yeah, what a fucking dick. So I personally, at this point in time, am not seeing eye to eye with Bellamy. But I, I like really, your insights. You're not supposed to, though. Yeah, That's the point. At, at yeah. my point we're in time, we're only leveling I, with him because we know the future and we're trying to understand where he's coming from in the beginning. Yeah, I get that. But I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Watching the scene again, like we know that Bellamy's not about to kill Wells, but during the conversation, he says, I need I them I did to think that you're that dead. Going, I did not I thought, know that. Going, I thought I it was that he was going to just get like, this is one guy that's standing between him and perfection, basically, in his mind. He's going to kill him. And that's what I'm trying to say, only because it's my third watch through, I know that. But like my first watch through, I thought Bellamy was intending to kill Wells, but he's not. They just want to take off his wristband. And that is actually a very good indicator of who Bellamy is as a person, because he easily could have accomplished the same goal by actually killing Wells and taking out probably much more of his longstanding problems like with Wells. But no, he's not that kind of guy. He just wants to take off the wristband. He, he probably recognizes Wells as an intelligent person, someone who could possibly help lead the 100. I, I, I believe Bellamy when he says, I don't want to kill you, Wells. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They do accomplish it and rip the yes. wristband off of Wells. Yes. Back on the arc, it is time for Abby's execution. And we have our girl Cece uh, giving her a hug as she's being pushed towards the airlock by guards. And it's really just a drawn out scene where it's Abby in this airlock. We have that. We talked about it earlier, but what she says to Jackson, you know, the wristbands can be counter engineer or reverse engineered to be comm systems. And we know where we're going. Jaha comes in at the last second, still wounded. You know, his his torso is bleeding and pardons Abby last second, right before the button's about to be pressed. And that's when he gives him the line saying, you know, a real leader knows when to not follow the law. I brought this up earlier, but I'm just going to say it again because I think it really needs to be said. Jaha's first in-person flesh moment of the pilot of the entire series is so good mm -hmm. it, it he walks around the corner and stops the execution from happening and everything and you really feel that he is the chancellor he is how misleading because he's so misleading so kyle what storyline at what kyle what point are you done with jaha 
Yeah, I'm interested to know this too Honestly, because I feel like he's a pretty good character until he goes to Earth. No, I'm done with him so fast. Like it's until he takes the alley chip from me. I was gonna say, I think even when he lands on Earth, he's not that. For me to he like also that. he also puts Murphy on the right path. Well, no, Murphy would not be Murphy so if not for Jaha. Jaha and Murphy is the most boring story. Yeah, they throw down. Weather. I was just gonna say, quick hypothetical. Imagine if. Jaha didn't wake up from his nap soon enough and Abby died right there. Imagine what would have happened for this year's. I would say the average score in terms of one to ten ranks of how attractive the women are in each season would drop dramatically <laughs> if Abby died in season one. That was it. I'm sorry, Jimmy. No, I'm, I'm just trying to think here. So Jaha. It's so outlandish the way he gets down to Earth. With the fake the premonition fa- of the baby. The fact that he crying. takes the rocket. If we're going to forget about all of that, I'm fine with that all the way until he says, I got to Earth and I have a purpose. Then I'm done with Jaha. You're really that against his character being I love the person Jaha. who initiates the alley revolution. He no doubt gets a little wild with it and he goes crazy. You know what I mean? He goes towards the cultish the second dawn shit but i feel like the role that he plays as a character actually, yeah is like actually if you really consistently good throughout this if you really think about it he comes down to earth and if you're going to make the outlandish way he comes down to earth acceptable and then he says i have a higher purpose and the higher purpose is Allie. and then she takes over his mind so you probably shouldn't give him any shit exactly <laughs> well, I, mean, I agree with that and also it's not a great character attribute that he is co-convinced that he has this higher purpose but he has been and then the he, chancellor on the art i think validation for him thinking he has a higher purpose is the fact that he survived yeah. crash landing on earth in a missile he was the chancellor yeah he has served i think my only problem is the way that this, he gets to earth he's yeah. had this role weird little fact it said with subtitles it didn't say jaha it said chancellor in the beginning so uh, it was just weird. It was oh, like... <laughs> fun fact back to the episode though. So Jaha immediately pardons Abby says, yo, she's fine. Looks at Kane says, I'll deal with you later, but immediately says, how are the 100 doing? He's the chancellor. He knows what's up. And that is what's most important on the docket. Moving on. We go back to our Mount weather crew who were on their little hike to Mount weather. And it's, Finn, this is our last scene of the episode, but it's Finn preparing to swim across the river that we already know this snake slash eel is in. You know, it's a back and forth. They're all cheering Finn on like, yeah, you can do it. And then Jasper sees that Octavia is swooning over whoever's going to take this rope across. And Jasper's like, yo, Finn, let me do it. And Jasper's still a little scared, and then we get Finn come in and say, yo, Jasper, it's okay to be afraid, but the trick is not fighting it. Kyle, what's the name of the song? I'm going to stop it right there. It's called When We Come Running. It's a great song. Jasper heroically swings across the river. It's great. You weren't quick enough, Kyle, dude. When we come running. That was because so I said funny. the text too, and I literally it's so funny is that I literally have the tab, Bob. I could have had it, but you didn't even give me the chance. 
so Finn and Jasper do have this conversation where Finn's like, don't be afraid, man. And Jasper says something about Apogee, but it's not Apogee. It's Apache, but it's actually Apogee. And then we have Jasper grab onto the vine that's actually a rope. He swings across. It's great. And, you know, this triumphant song, When We Come Running, starts playing. Everybody's so excited that Jasper made it to the other side of the river. And then he gets taken out by a fucking spear. Right to the goddamn period. Right? Period. It's an amazing end to the episode. It's like the idea that there's other humans on Earth is something that personally, when I was watching the premiere of the series, I was not. That hooked me. Sounds like lost. It hooked me. Yeah, I'd go right into the next episode when I first watched this. Exactly. So the pilot is good. And that's so Dave, after the first episode last three minutes of the episode, the episode has to be good. No, 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 dude. Episode was, was corny. Dialogue, there were some really bad por- uh, points. But we this, not care with Dave. Yeah, this part, you know what? Dave's off Binge-town. But this part is so good. part of what you just said is that you had to go right into the next episode. Yeah, I, and I said that at the beginning of the podcast. I said that did the job of making you want to watch the next episodes. But I could. I feel like I've seen so many better first episodes. Yeah, but okay. So in terms of someone who, wa- who was watching it for the first time, the episode itself got you to watch the next episode. And then add on the layer that people who have seen the entire series, we went back and watched the episode and we were geeking, grinning ear to ear the yeah, entire time. That, that should mean something. Yeah, that should mean something. That's a good episode. You know what I mean? And the sound, the sound, the sound, and we come running. Are you trying to say it's like a so 10 good, out of 10? So I would say good. like if, if I were to score it, seven out of 10. Dave, So good. that's episode. the thing. If you're talking about a TV show that you're going to rate seven out of 10 and normally people would say, no, dude, that's a CW show. I'll never watch that. Would you tell them to take a, at least a first couple episode watch of that? 100%. Would you tell them? 100%. I'm, I'm biased, man. I'm, uh, I'm what just going to say. You're supposed to say yes. Like that, I, honestly, like, if you would have like, said like, yes, then it would be all like, good, dude. Well, like I said, I could name at least, I feel like I could name way better first episodes that I would rather send <laughs> people really into. Cool. I'm trying on, to bring bro. in a fresh perspective. Yeah, but you're, you wanted to watch episode two, right? Yeah. That's all you, you should have said. Yes. Oh, Kathleen, when you right, edit this, cut, just no, no. take a yes. And all right, here, here, on, here. Oh, hold on. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut it and say this. Hell yeah. First episode sent me into the next. It was amazing to revisit. I wanted to kill myself with all seven of us on this podcast. But other than that, what a what a time to be alive. Can't Have relate. Fun. I love the episode. No, the I'm podcast. kidding. We, I um, said it in the beginning. I said, apologize for this clusterfuck that's about yeah. to happen. And it, boy, was it a clusterfuck. No, this, the 100 is an amazing series. It really and is. And I love that it starts from like a underdog I mean, sci-fi shows, there's a million sci-fi shows. And this one, I think, is one of the more, like, relatable. It it seems like it could happen. And in 97 years, this could fucking happen. I think it's incredible. After rewatching the pilot, I'm so glad that our season seven coverage, when moments where Monty was mentioned, everyone would turn to me and say, oh, your boy got mentioned, so let's talk about it. You should talk about it. I fucking love Monty. Yeah. I'm was- very prideful that five of us are down with the fact that this show is a CW show. Yeah. And we, we recommend love it to it. anybody. Yeah. And we actually love it. We put our reputations on it. It will life. forever have such a special place in my heart. And I get every, we, we say this every time. 
the the cheesiness is a turn off to some people sure but if you can look past that and start diving into the actual character relationships the character growth which is a huge thing for me personally i just think how many other cable tv network shows do it as well as the hunter and the answer is not many it doesn't matter what network it's on how much the budget is this show delivers like mm-hmm. if you are interested in relationships between people check action moments check interesting sci-fi elements check drama drama check hot Sexual girls dude. hot Friendship. boys oh my god check 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 <laughs> it's are a unique plot it? too it's great. just something that we've never seen before in a tv show no it's a really smart show <laughs> i couldn't be more proud and honestly i didn't have more fun than recording season seven this was just the funnest and passionate these five and now dave and paul and you can tell they are very passionate they spoke up so much we're very passionate about the show it brings us much joy okay so episodes for the hundred season seven would premiere on wednesdays maybe like eight or nine o'clock i would never watch them on time and i would usually have work on thursdays say around eight o'clock i would get my ass up at six o'clock and watch the episodes, take notes diligently, rewatch a couple scenes that I really liked, and then we'd pod that night. Like, I was fucking into it. Seven seasons into the CW show. Mm -hmm. Like, if I ever met a random person out, and I just corner of my ear heard them talking shit on the hundred i would get into a physical altercation <laughs> and that's a physical altercation you guys probably know me i mean, you guys know me very well because we're best friends and we pot about tv shows that we like i'm not a physical or violent person if i heard you talking some shit big guns about though. the 100 throwing hands i would get in your face about it <laughs> i would ask some questions like how far did you get who's your favorite character far you get is the question and i can end us here before we get to the call out b times i know you're going to end us strong but so we'll be covering some of our favorite episodes of the series. We're going to come back because we love talking the hundred. We'll talk it until our faces go blue. We're going to we're going to hit some of the some of the peaks of the mid seasons. We're going to hit some of the finales. We'll be back for all that good stuff. We had a great time talking about this and we cannot wait and are praying that the prequel gets greenlit because, you know, Binge Town TV will be all over that. Retweet everything that Luke's said we had so much fun covering the final season this this show is very close to our hearts because we we acknowledge it for what it is it's cheesy it's a cw show we love it we i i almost feel like we have a personal connection with the actors this show was magical for us and it was the show that we decided to podcast on first the this is what made binge town tv and if you're listening to this right now we are so grateful to you being a part of the hundred fandom and following us along for this and i will close this as always if you like what you heard give binge town tv a follow on twitter and instagram and subscribe to our show on spotify and the apple podcast app once again we are binge town tv and may we meet again Woo. We're back. you're listening to the geekscape network 